Attention listeners, ahead are spoilers. Hello, and welcome to the Movie Trap. My name is Russell Carlson, and with me are my co-hosts and teammates, uh, Chris Boroff. I want some real food, some real American food. Make me French fries. <laughs> I'm also joined by Zach Powers. It's a nice spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, welcome to the Movie Trap. Uh, on the Movie Trap, one of the three hosts you just met picks a theme, and then each of us picks a movie based on that theme, or in this case, more or less an assignment. Um... Once we've watched all three movies, we then vote with an allocated amount of points plus some bonus points. And in this particular theme, there are bonus bonus points. Um, so that's where we are. Once, we, uh, once we're done with today, which is right now, uh, we will then use those points to vote on whichever movie we like the best or whatever. Uh, and then whichever host picks, uh, whichever host movie wins, that host gets to pick the next theme. So chock full episode today because this theme has been quite weighty as far as us uh, kind of mulling over what the theme is because it's my theme of uh, make your case theme. Basically, you are going to pick a movie that was nominated for best picture and lost, and you are going to make your case to why that is a horrible injustice. Um, so previously I did Fargo over the English patient, and then last time we did There Will Be Blood and over No Country for Old Men, which was very tight and a very, um, yeah, that was Zach's pick and that was a, a very tight uh, discussion um, because this one's worthy. This one's a little different too because this is Chris Boroff's pick uh, going back to the hometown uh, mm -hmm. for Chris Boroff for Breaking Away 1979, which lost Best Picture to Kramer versus Kramer. So there was another nominee that we might talk about later. Oh, there, there was. There's actually, it was actually a pretty not bad year. I mean, you had being yeah, I there agree, was yeah. up there. I mean, pretty, pretty tough year. Just being um, there nominated, all that jazz was definitely nominated. Peter Sellers was uh, nominated, yeah. but not being there for Best Picture. But you know, Norma Ray and all that other stuff too. There's. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that uh, brings us to uh, what the hell Breaking Away was about because I had never seen it before, never even heard of this fucking movie. Um, so it was an education <laughs> to me. So I'd be interested to hear uh, making this case once we get down with the rundown. But first, as I mentioned, we have points and let's just give an audience uh, an update because we have a, some bonus points to give out. And uh, whichever one of us hosts agrees with the current pick, we get they get a bonus point for each host that agrees that they made their case, which we'll deal with that at the end. But as of now, uh, Chris Boroff, you have two points for final voting. Uh, with 12 points at final voting, excuse me. I have one more bonus point to give out and 14 points for final voting. And Zach Powers, you have 14 points for final voting with two bonus points to give out. Um, so now that we've gotten all our, uh, our gears checked and our bicycles oiled, and uh, let's go jump into some uh, limestone quarries there, Zach. Breaking Away is a 1979 coming of age film. Um, it's directed by Peter Yates. Uh, it follows a group of teens in Bloomington who are played by uh, Dennis Christopher, Dennis Quaid, Daniel Stern, and Jackie Earl Haley, as well as Barbara Berry as the obligatory love interest. Um, 
Essentially, uh, the movie follows four teens in Bloomington, Indiana. They are 19 years old. They graduated from college, uh, from high school, I should say, about a year ago. Uh, and they took most of the year off to just sort of like figure out their lives and, and loaf around. Uh, they spend most of their days at the local quarry, a flooded old quarry, uh, no longer being used, where they swim and jump off the rocks and that sort of thing, and occasionally running uh, out to Indiana University, where they sort of uh, pick little fights with uh, the, uh, the college boys and hit on the college women. Um, so basically, you've got Dave who is the sort of main character of the four. He is a cycling enthusiast who wants to be Italian very badly. Um, then you also have Mike, uh, who's sort of, in many regards, the leader of the group, uh, the most assertive in many, in many ways. Um, that's Dennis Quaid. Uh, and then there's Cyril, who's mostly just the comic relief. That's Daniel Stern. He's kind of a fuck up, uh, and the comic relief. And then there's Moocher, who is Jack Earl Haley, uh, the, the one who is small, but kind of <laughs> gruff. Um, yeah. So mostly they're spending their time clashing with, uh, you know, local college students who call them cutters because their parents were all stone cutters. They laid like ground stones for buildings in, in the town. Uh, hence the quarry. It's a legacy of like their father's work and that sort of thing. Um, Dave is in particular very into uh, Italian bicycle racing. Uh, he at his in his home life constantly plays Italian albums, speaks in an Italian accent uses Italian words, renamed the, the cat Fellini. His dad is at his wit's end. Uh, he's sick of uh, his son's weird fascination with bicycling in Italian and shaving his legs. Um, his dad is also a used car salesman who is perhaps a little slimy sometimes in how he does his deals, bringing it back to uh, Fargo, maybe, in <laughs> some regards. Refund! Refund! Yeah. Refund! <laughs> yeah. Uh, definitely the kind of guy who would say they put the clear, fo uh, the, the clear coat on at the, the factory. The true coat, yeah. The true mm -hmm. coat. Um, uh, anyway, uh, one day while they are uh, sort of antagonizing the local uh, college students, um, Dave uh, uh, runs across one of the students who drops her booklet. Uh, and he follows her for quite a distance uh, uh, and returns it to her, uh, pretending, as he is wont to do, to be Italian upon catching up with her and uh, assumes the identity of a, a foreign exchange student named, I think, Enrico? Was that the name? Um, it's something yeah. that didn't sound traditionally Italian when they said it. I was like, really? <laughs> yeah, it was something like Enrico. Um, and he, her name is Kathy. He calls her Katerina. Uh, and he begins to fall head over heels with her. About the same time, he finds that a major, um, a major uh, Italian bike racing company is coming to their area to participate in a race, which has him over the moon excited. Um, anyway, he uh, heads back to the sorority house uh, shortly thereafter to serenade Katerina, 
uh, with, of course, uh, some Italian song that I don't know the name of. And uh, Cyril provides accompaniment on guitar. Uh, the uh, big bad fraternity guys chase them down. Uh, they don't want the, the, the townies coming after their women. They catch Cyril and give him a bit of a beating. Um, and so it puts the confrontation between these two groups uh, into a little bit more stark relief. Um, the next time they see each other at a local restaurant slash bowling alley, they get into a massive fight that leaves a bunch of windows smashed and people beat up and all this kind of stuff. And the dean of the college says, uh, you know, for you, this might just be a place you're, you're spending a couple of years, but for us and uh, others and those townies, this is our home. And I think I'm going to invite them to come to our big little 500 bicycle race because uh, you guys have been treating them like shit or whatever. Um, apparently yeah, that traditionally how you solve things like, Oh, they don't like each other. Let's have a sporting event. <laughs> yeah. That Dean, uh, that Dean played by the real life university Dean at the time, apparently. Um, um, <laughs> So uh, eventually Dave uh, manages to get around to the, uh, he's reticent about going to, to, to race against the college kids, but he is very pumped to uh, go uh, meet up with the Italians and he goes to their big event and finds that he is actually able to keep up with them. He, uh, during the race, manages to get alongside them, but finds uh, they are perhaps not as sporting as he had hoped. Uh, first they try to flick a thing on his bike that does something. I don't know bikes, but it <laughs> makes it bad for biking. It was, the um, gear. it was his gears. They knocked his gears out. Oh, okay. So they knocked his gears out. And then when he managed to catch up with them again, uh, they stick a stick in his, uh, uh, tires like that meme. And, uh, he sort of crashes off to the side while they laugh. He's disillusioned by this um, and decides to go work at his dad's uh, used car sales place. Um, he actually started to do that before the race, I should have said. Um, but he's still practicing regularly um, where he is demanding refunds on bad deals that his his uh, his dad gave out, which causes his dad to have some kind of medical episode. Um <laughs> When he says that people, sh some some people who got a, a shitty car should get a refund, but now he realizes after his dealings with the Italians that everybody cheats. He's disillusioned. He's, you know, uh, he doesn't see a lot of uh, point in life. He goes to Catherine, tells her the truth about how he's not actually an Italian exchange student. He's just some stupid townie, and uh, she is, uh, you know, uh, reasonably somewhat upset. But his friends nevertheless managed to convince him to participate in the Little 500 against the shitty college boys. Um, uh, and his father, you know, relates stories about uh, when he was a young man and he helped construct this university. And then the university seemed like it was never meant for him later in his life. Like other people had taken the thing he built and it belonged to them, even though he was the one who laid the stones. Um, 
So he uh, agrees to uh, go to the race. His dad says he doesn't want to go because he doesn't want to cause him any bad luck. Um, but uh, they head out to the, the, the big college race, uh, the big climax. Uh, at one point, uh, he injures his ankle and uh, is called off his bike. Several of the pit crew, his four friends, jump on the bike uh, in his place, uh, trying to continue the race, but they're not as good as the college kids, even though he had a clear lead on them earlier on. But eventually, he just tapes his feet to the bike and manages to win the big race with his dad, who had been listening on the radio the whole time, arriving uh, near the end of the race to watch his son finally claim victory. Uh, a year later, um, he is uh, attending the University of Indiana. Uh, he meets a uh, French girl, Catherine, having gotten a job in Chicago and forgiven him for his falsehoods. Um, but he meets a French girl and seems like he strikes up a potential relationship as himself instead of a fancy Italian guy. Uh, and the movie ends with him passing by his dad, who now takes bike rides on campus and can't believe his son got himself a girlfriend. And that's the end of Breaking I Away. Was, I think he was more shocked that he was speaking French instead of Italian. Yeah. He was, yeah. He was like, yeah. oh, no. This Whoa? Again? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. There, right. There's, Here we there's go a, again. There's a bunch of stuff like that that is something. There is something about this one that does come from that time period where there's certain uh, shorthands that when you look at him now, it's like, what is happening? But at the time, it was like, oh, this is like on TV. Like when the dad got so upset and he's like, refund, refund. <laughs> it's funny, but it's also super cartoonish. And it was super right. something you would see on TV. It's like no one actually was afraid the father was having a heart attack. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> or that the cops would have showed up. Refunds, refunds. Yeah. I'm haunted with refunds. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, th there was a lot of – I was actually – Boref, you know, you probably would have had a better swing at this if you chose this for the sports theme, big guy. Um, probably. You know, you know, yeah, I, I think it, because, uh, you know, this it was a good movie. I mean, it's 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 a strong it's movie. I mean, I think this is one good. of... Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it, when you I read the, that, that this apparently was two different scripts. Um, basically, there was, like, the coming-of-age story with the Cutters versus the college kids, and then there was, like, this biking story, and then they just kind of combined them two. Uh, and you know that's for fine. me, and I, and I will confess for me personally, the coming of age cutters versus college college kids part probably resonates more with me. I don't like sports movies. Uh, we did three sports movies. I don't. I don't. I, I don't <laughs> yeah. give a shit about the big race, guys. The big race ain't compelling to me. It it isn't. I don't give yeah. a fuck if you win the big race. Um, it um, I, this one's funny to me just because I remember seeing it when I was a kid. Like this one, I'll be honest. This is a completely uh. Uh, subjective pick for me. I don't think I'm going to go for the win here. I just desperately They're all subjective. Wanted... They are. But I thought I would never really have a good opportunity to force you guys to watch Breaking Away after this, which I like Breaking Away a lot, but I like it from Indiana. And the reason that mm. I think it should have won versus Kramer versus Kramer is that it's I because think you're that... from Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> well, that... But it's also, um, I feel like the stuff it talks about is a little more real than the stuff that was talked about in uh, Kramer versus Kramer. Um, specifically with the townies, uh, they actually, the, they're called cutters in the movie, but in real life they're referred to as stonies. 
Um, but when it came out, they had the whole thing where they're like, we don't want people thinking that there are a bunch of potheads out in the woods. We can't call them stonies. So they came up with the name cutters and that's kind of how they applied it. But because I'm sure no marijuana use was consumed by anybody from Indiana <laughs> sure. ever. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Especially that was counties like, of that age. You betcha. In the seventies. Yeah. Yeah. In the Good 70s. clean, sure. wholesome folk. They listen to Merle yeah. Haggard and whatnot. Well, the weird is it legal thing- there yet? Can they sell marijuana in Indiana? I'm guessing no. 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 Yeah. No. no, they're never going to be able to do that in Indiana. I would I'd be shocked. Mike Pence's Indiana? Yeah, I don't yeah, think so. No. <laughs> the, the Indiana where it's like if you get three two beer on a Sunday, you'll burn in hell and go to jail? Mm-hmm. No, thank you. Um, mm-hmm. but the, the so, yes. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, uh, no, but I, uh, I do think, yeah, it seemed, based on the way you talked about this, a lot of it was like, it deals with Indiana issues. I just want to address this to Russell real quick. Russell, uh, what's your experience with Indiana? <laughs> uh, you know, I've been to Indianapolis once. Okay, I, I, I drove through. I drove. Through I drove it. through I part of Indiana to go further up the lake to a to a town in the next state over one I, I time. Think, I think we uh, I've spent like, about two hours there. I think we passed through it on our way back from New York, moving back to Colorado. Are, uh, are you guys suggesting? That, I visited. Well, uh, I mean, I'm just saying I, I, there's not a lot. I, I've met a lot of people I guess, from I guess, Indiana. I guess I like, live in Chicago, so one thing about Indiana that I know is that uh, most of the guns that are used in the crimes here come from Indiana. Yeah. So there's I mean, that's something that's I know true. about Indiana. I, well, Indiana, like when you don't live there, uh, there's a lot of rind on that orange. You just kind of are like, oh, okay, well, that's the thing I go through to get to something else. Um, yeah, no, the the thing is, is having grown up there, some of the issues were really strange, but it's very, it's odd to see the racism that pops up in this movie. I don't know if you guys picked up on it. Um, the dad keeps referring to things as ID food. Do you guys uh, know what yeah. that means? No, I'm not familiar yeah. with that term. I'm not familiar with he, that I, term. I, 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 I'm pretty sure it's Itai. Isn't that the no, old no. slang towards Italian? Uh, oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Th- oh, it God. is. It's slang towards Italian. Okay. So, like, okay. the deal, yeah, the deal like, with it... Yeah. Well, the deal is, is it's weird in Indiana because they didn't have um, a very large uh, black population, but it was the home of the KKK for a while. It was like oh. one of the one of the two areas that had the most people there. And if you go into Indiana Indiana University, there is a mural that the WPA painted of Indiana involving Indiana things. So they had like vaccinations, they had corn, they had a cross with a bunch of people with hoods on burning it. They had kids in a hospital, and it was just part of the it was paid for with tax dollars. It's just on the wall. They haven't taken it down. They've had it pointed out. They haven't taken it down, and they refuse to take it down. Hmm. So the th- the reason I bring this up is that the core issue that they brought up in Indiana, more than race or anything else, was you had to be aware of the papists, and you had to be afraid of the papists. So there was this weird sense of it for a long time that people wouldn't eat Italian food. And I even remember this from like... Yeah, and I remember this from like when I was a kid. My grandfather had issues with this. My family had issues with this. And like any sort of food that was not like quote unquote American food or French fries, which <laughs> uh, is, uh, I assume pizza is okay. Yeah. I, I, I assume, well, I feel like there was a joke in here about somebody becoming a Catholic at a certain point. 
don't become yeah. Catholic on us. Yeah, he, yeah, he did the sign of the cross. His yeah. mom said that. That's right. Yeah, when, yeah, yeah. He, that's yeah, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's um, yeah. Don't don't go don't go playing with the Papist kids. That used to be one of the things they would tell people. Yeah. That so tracks. for me, that was something that popped in. I was like, oh, they're just boldly being racist in this movie. They don't. They're just letting it happen. Um, but they also handle it as like a stumbling point for that generation. Like the the kid is super obsessed with Italian stuff. But I, 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 I will say it. in terms of, well, I got a couple things to say about that. One, in terms of um, Italian stuff and the way Italians are representative, every time I see, like, I think it's one of the ones that I feel kind of okay with. Like every time I see it, I think of the thing that always goes around, that meme of, uh, I think it's Silvio from The Sopranos going, it's anti-Italian discrimination and or Columbus Day. And it's like, <laughs> all right, it, it's fine. <laughs> like if your thing is Columbus Day, fuck it, it's fine. Um, uh, but uh, the other thing is, uh, beyond the whatever cultural issues with uh, him liking Italian uh, Italian culture, holy shit, that would be an annoying person to live with. It was <laughs> awful. I did not like the character at all. Seemed yeah. like the worst, most annoying person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, you're afraid of the le- the main character. Yeah, at home and his fucking booming Italian music and constantly talking in an Italian accent with Italian words. Like, holy shit. I would keep keep reminding him he should go practice his bike riding. Go. Um, Just drive very far away. (laughs) Yeah, his his mom was very accepting of that idiosyncratic, like, weirdness with him. I would not have been. I would have been like, you're not Italian. Stop it. Well, in a way, it's sort of it's 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 in a way it's sort of mimicking the whole coming of age story altogether. Because I mean, there's the, the the alpha of the cutters is is Dennis Quaid, and you could tell he like peaked in high school and everything, and and now he's just sort of like a, a dead end burnout townie or whatever. Um, but they're all kind of that's that's the kind of that's his coping mechanism is to find a like kind of escape himself and kind of reinvent an identity for himself as a way of getting out of, you know, Bloomington, Indiana or whatever. Um, Whereas, you know, uh, I think, I think his name is Mike, um, Dennis Quaid's character. He, he copes with it by trying to not necessarily relive the glory days, but to try to throw his weight around, which he still thinks is substantial. um, And especially against these, you know, kind of interloping college kids. Um, So, in a way, as a character, I get it for for a writing perspective, but as a practical roommate situation, yeah, I'd I'd apply elsewhere, big guy. Yeah, go. Yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, I would be I, making that kid get his own house. I'd be like, all right, yeah, great. Right. Well, uh, yeah. you're 18. You got to leave. That's right. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, one other um, quick quick note. Uh, Robin Douglas was the romantic lead in this. I think. I think. Uh, yeah, Barbara, Barbara Barry was Barry. the mom. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Though I would have loved yeah. this uh, movie. She was nominated. Okay. Too. My mistake. My I mistake, would have loved this mistake. movie so much more if there had been like a like a sexy B plot with Barbara Barry somehow in this and just like went off. And she really doesn't do the mom direction. is just kind of like vaguely supportive. Yeah, they're ba- they're very much. The dad is like, like there's a whole TV relationship parents. with the dad. The mom. The mom is just kind of around. Yeah. Also, it has PJ yeah. Souls in it. I just yeah. Uh, it. Anyway. <laughs> 
Oh, is PJ that... Souls uh, Halloween's PJ Souls? Yeah, yeah. She plays Susie. Is... I just looked over there and I was like, oh, that is also someone who was in this. Oh, well. Other, other person I should mention, I, I found this out when the credits rolled. Uh, I told uh, my co-hosts about this, but the main uh, college asshole kid is Hart Bachner, who you might know as uh, Ellis from Die Hard, the, the Hans Booby, that guy. Um, yeah, is the main college asshole in this. It doesn't even look like him. He looks so much younger. In the, I mean, he yeah. doesn't have the beard, so mm-hmm. that could be I a mean, factor. they all look like babies. He does yeah. look a lot younger. It was, it they took all me look long... like babies. I mean, Daniel Stern like, kind of shocked me of how like, young and not... I, mean... I was actually impressed with Daniel Stern in this one. I mean, I know he was there for, for comic relief, more or less, but he didn't play into the joke as much as I would sort of expect Daniel Stern to, because that's what I've been exposed to of Daniel Stern most of my life. Uh, so I was impressed with that. Um, and, and yeah, Dennis Quaid, you know, he's, back he's good. He could be stern. Like, uh, he was on 80 Brian's show shrill, I believe. And he's pretty good in that. Like that's a comedy show that has like, as all comedies now are required to be like dramedies. Mm-hmm. That's a dramedy. Sure. Um, uh, and he's good. He, I always like, I always like Daniel Stern and Chud. That was the one that always got me because he also co-wrote it. <laughs> That's great. Um, but because um, uh, I, I think because I think Dennis Quaid. I mean, because I think this is before um, Randy broke out with um, with uh, Nashville or whatever, right? Or or whatever. Uh, oh yeah, Godovich film was. No, Dennis um, Quaid was famous, I believe, first because he was okay. in this. Then he was in The Right Stuff, The Big okay. Easy. Yeah, I think right that would make sense. Okay. Yeah. yeah, but I think I think uh, the Bogdanovich film is well before Right Stuff. Um, oh, probably think, maybe, yeah. Um, but I, I I don't remember. But uh, I gotta say, Dennis Quaid back in the day, kind of a snack, kind yeah. of a snack, kind of a good looking dude. Yeah, yeah, it was I, funny. I, I, like, there's a reason I really was like cool with him being in inner space, and like I followed him for a long time when I was a kid because he was like, oh yeah, he's almost like uh you know a leading man, like a not a Mel Gibson, but like a. Uh, who was the other guy who was really famous at the time for action and stuff? Well, I mean, you know, Any Redford, uh, Redford. Redford, something like that. Yeah. But uh, um, I always connected him with Indiana. So whenever I saw him and stuff, I was like, oh, yeah, he's he was from Indiana in that movie. And then, and then you know, uh, rounding out the group, you got this must be I assume this is a post Bad News Bears Jackie Earl Haley. Must be. Uh, I assume that was before this. Um, he definitely looks the youngest of the group. Uh, obviously, years before he played Rorschach slash Freddy Krueger, um, yeah, the, mm-hmm. the child rapist from Little Children. Um, yeah, but he had um, long hair, very yeah. long hair. Yeah, and he's got he's kind of like Defoe in that way, where he's got a very unique face. You know, like it's it's kind of indefinable. Like it's it's kind of funny looking. You know, just in a general way. No. Um, he's uh, not as good an actor as Defoe or Steve Buscemi, in my oh, opinion. No, but, uh, I concur with that. Um, I, I absolutely concur with that. Um, I mean, yeah. Defoe's amazing. Um, boy, we've got a wash of good actors here. Um, yeah. That's why. Uh, so, yeah, Borif, I, I guess, like, is it just because it was Indiana? Or, I mean, I, I know you didn't have an affinity for bike racing because we did the Icarus movie and none of us really know shit about biking. So you was know, it really was just a, like, did you relate to this? Because I remember back in the film Concussion Days when we watched all the real girls, right? And you kind of 
bristled at that movie because it reminded you too much of Indiana. It reminded you too much of the hometown and like mm. these kind of loser burnouts. And you're just like, I, I hated these guys in high school. I hate them now. So like, these are the kind of guys you're kind of talking about, right? I might've changed over time. Um, okay. Like, I think it might be how people were portrayed. Like I definitely was more, um, more like the kid who kind of tried, went off to college and stuff like that. But I definitely knew people like the other dudes in this. Um, mm -hmm. I think the difference might be that in uh, all the real girls, like this movie doesn't show the dudes like carousing and like chasing ladies as much. Like the one guy does chase ladies. Uh, there's two guys who chase ladies. But the thing is, is that they're not like, my memory of uh, all the real girls is there was a little bit more of a, like a predatory nature in terms of how that guy was approaching women. Hmm. Um, mm -hmm. I'm probably misremembering that film, but uh, I really Me too. did like. I, I just re I really did like bicycle racing at the time, though. When I was a kid, and I watched this, like I had a yeah, bike, and it was like a thing where I was like, "Wow, people are getting famous doing bicycle racing. I'm going to do the indie, the little yeah, 500 when I get older." And then I never did. There's a little. I, I do like. There's a little fun sequence. Uh, I didn't mention it in my plot summary because it's not plot important. Where Dave uh, goes out to, I don't know, I guess maybe the university is 50 miles away. I'm not entirely sure. He goes out on the highway for reasons. And he follows, like, the big van from the, the Italian biking company and, like, drafts behind it. Uh, and, like, manages to get up to, like, 60 miles per hour, and he and, like, the van driver have, like, this friendly thing where, like, he keeps checking out the mirror to see if he's there, and eventually he gets pulled over by the cops, the, the driver, because he's he's speeding because the kid is going so fast behind him. And that, that's a nice little fun uh, not sequence with, like, no dialogue. One of the better sequences in the movie, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. I, I really appreciated the turn the dad made, too. I thought that was inappropriate for the climax, too. I mean, it seemed a little shoehorned that he gets right there right at the end, but I don't care. Um, and at least the end race was climactic enough, and they did a good job keeping that at one shot to kind of build the tension. Is he going to make it? Is he not going to make it? Like, that that was pretty well done. Um, there's a lot to like in this movie. I mean, I I, I don't know if I'd go so far to say best picture, uh, especially it's, it's, against the, it's, yeah. the competition. It's but, good. Uh, I, and we can eventually start yeah. to talk about the competition. Well, we, but we, we, we can jump in. Yeah. I'll just briefly throw two things out, and then let's talk about the competition. The, uh, the Little 500 okay. race was based off a real race that happened. So that was one thing. Like, watching this as a kid, I someone figured. was like, this actually happened. And I was like, wow, really? Somebody from Indiana rode in a bike race? And for some reason, I was super impressed by that <laughs> as a child. Um, and Hollywood cares. <laughs> And uh, also, like, the fact that a lot of those locations were very um, well-known uh, Bloomington locations. Like, for you guys, it's just like, what is this place? But for me, it was like, oh, that's the that's the greenhouse that I always drive past, or yada, yada, yada. Um, or that's, like, uh, the, big the big quarry. So yeah, that the is quarry was really cool talking. looking. I liked, like, the angled rocks. It's a very cool, interesting little quarry. I, I mean, like, obviously, I'll say this, like, you know this idea that their their fathers were all like, oh, we were all stone cutters. We all worked in the quarry and laid the stones for the university. And now these kids are at the abandoned quarry and like the college kids are moving in and it's like, ah, oh, this is our legacy. And it's like, yeah, it works. It's also like very much like, I get it. Like this is very basic yeah. by the numbers, like for it, this kind of thing. Yeah, it was also the way they could talk about the, uh, 
the culture difference and probably the income gap of like students coming in versus people who lived in the nearby area. And that's still very common. You go into Bloomington, you go into Indianapolis, a lot of liberal sort of sentimentality or sentiment, I should say. And then as soon as you get outside of that, very red, very poor. That's kind of what happens. Yeah, I was about to say, I imagine that discrepancy is probably far worse uh, these days. But like, I think that part of the reason why I think this film is kind of maintains its charm is because of it, it feels authentic. Like, I believed that, yeah. you know, these townies were actually these townies and, it, and the fact that they actually shot it on location, University of Indiana and whatever. Um, I, I It lent a lot to it. And I think that that maintains its charm. It, I think it, it helps, too, that the... It definitely the, works. I mean, it is an yeah. enjoyable movie. Yeah, and I think that it, it part of the reason having that bike race, I think, is to sort of more or less manufacture a climax, you know, kind of give them something to actually do rather than just like a brawling fist fight between the cutters and, yeah. and the college students. Um, so I, I, in a way, I get it. So, like, it, it's sort of like the, the bike racing is almost secondary, but it's the main thrust of the main character. So it's kind of kind of wants to have it both ways, really. Uh, because they there's this there's random side stories. I mean, like Jackie Earl Haley's side story seems to be that he's short. That seems to be his pretty much character. Yeah, then he gets angry his, when people say right, he's short. Yeah, that that seems to be his his. And his, uh, he's his, he's also like track. sort of involved with a local girl, and then yeah. like he is and isn't like depending on the scene they're dating, or he's like I ain't seeing her anymore. Right. You know that sort of thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then, you know, Mike's kind of got a conflict because, like, his, his brother, I think, is, like, a cop. Um, and and he's got that kind of dynamic. But there is nothing with Daniel Stern other than just sit there. Daniel Stern is just a fuck-up, like, a goofy little fuck-up. Uh, yeah. Mike is, like, kind of this guy who knows that his glory day – like, he seems, like, confronting – he's confronting the fact that, like, this is it. Like, his glory days are done. Right. And he has to start the – some shitty job that he'll probably have for the next yeah. 40 years. He, he's yeah. living yeah. out the uh, John Cougar Mellencamp song is what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, the writer that... actually like wrote this based off his college years too. That was one other thing. See, the, and I, I believe yeah. that too. I, that makes sense. Cause this guy, um, you know, they, they, they tried to spin it off into a TV show apparently. Um, yeah. Which they shot. Yeah, they, they then shot in Georgia. For some reason right yeah well you know the budgeting and i'm sure um <laughs> but yeah and, and that's it's kind of the beginning of that right like we had mash kind of come out like around that mm -hmm. so you see these movies kind of spin up and you don't see it at you now you see it all the time it seems like we're either rebooting something old like the equate the equalizer you know magnum pi or something or we're taking a pretty successful film franchise and turning it into a tv show um sure. and that seems to be continuing uh uh to yeah. this day um so i was surprised that this movie was that because it what it did win best original screenplay um which i felt was fair because like i said like it's 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 a fine screenplay i mean i'm sure that uh you know robert mcgee would probably dispute on what's the better <laughs> screenplay between kramer versus kramer and and uh breaking away but um because if you haven't read robert mcgee's book oh, he talks about God. kramer versus kramer a lot um uh, yeah a whole lot um, well yeah so we should talk about uh since this is the nature of this this topic the 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 uh, noble competition indeed uh, and in uh, fact we'll start with uh the the movie that won this particular year 
I think all did all three of us watch this. Yes, yes I, did I did watch Kramer versus Kramer again. Okay. I watched it too, yeah. uh, obviously. Uh, uh, yeah, Kramer versus Kramer won this year. Uh, Dustin Hoffman, Meryl Streep, very briefly. It is the story of a... Uh, um, one day Dustin Hoffman comes home. His wife, Meryl Streep, wants a divorce. Uh, seemingly out of the blue, but it turns out he's been somewhat neglectful. Uh, over the course of the next 15 months, he has to take care of his son by himself. Initially, he's incompetent. Uh, and it causes difficulties in his career and personal life, but eventually he becomes better at it. She returns, decides that, uh, you know, she attempts to gain custody of the kid uh, after she returns back from California. There is a court battle, uh, and eventually, uh, though she wins the court battle, uh, she decides that actually she feels that the child is already home, with Dustin Hoffman at the apartment where he has been growing up all this time. Kramer vs. Kramer won the Best Picture Oscar in the 1980 Academy mm-hmm. Awards. Beat both, breaking both, away. Both uh, both Dustin and Meryl got their respective Oscars. Um, yes. Uh, yeah. You know, it, I, I think it did win Best Meryl 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 did it a lot less than I expected when I went in. I, uh, I yeah, actually, you know yeah. what? Because I, I remember, because the, the closest contemporary I've seen to Kramer versus Kramer is that Marriage Story movie with Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. I felt that Which that enjoy, one was yeah. a that's lot a more balanced uh, because I felt like it Kramer is, versus yes. Kramer I think that is that's a better, almost exclusively this is Dustin Hoffman's Dustin story. Hoffman's perspective. Um, yeah. Which is. is fine. I mean, it's it's a different story, but I it didn't really, like I said, less Kramer versus Kramer and more just regular Kramer. I mean, really. it, yeah, it, it is it to me that this woman just didn't see her son fully at all for 15 months when he's five holy shit like yeah i mean that's to me that's kind of not very that's kind of bad um yeah that's that's something that bothered me on this one it almost plays like a men's rights movie um Hmm. Because, like, the mom, she's just like, I'm just bored being a mom. I don't find this kid interesting. And she leaves in the first scene. And then the rest of the movie is Dustin Hoffman wandering around going, Hey, I'm a working dad. What am I supposed to do? I I get the idea, like, that he's not, he's over-invested in his work and neglectful of his family. Like, that's fine. But her leaving for that period of time and not seeing the kid straight up at all is fucking wild to me. Yeah. yeah. And and then coming back and then coming back and being like, "Okay, custody now." Yeah. And then going through the whole thing and then being at the very end like, "Oh wait, I don't want my kid anymore. You can have him." Take Spaxies. It's like, "What is this movie about and why is this movie?" Yeah, now, and I, I I like look, I I I don't think it's that bad. I think it's it's a fine I actually like I, I enjoyed um, all of the movie. Yeah, I think the relationship um, between Dustin Hoffman and the kid is pretty well done. Yeah, like I, his I, evolving agency as a father. Sure. Yeah. And and Dustin Hoffman's, you know, you know, behavior on set notwithstanding, um you know, probably a good role for him. I mean, I I, I read somewhere that this is almost like the sequel to The Graduate, like this is what happens in their marriage and and that's sort of the, the end point of, of The Graduate. Maybe, maybe not, probably not. But I, uh, yeah, you, you could appreciate a movie. Both of these movies are relatively simple plot-wise. They are. You know, like, they are. they're both relatively simple plot-wise. So it's a lot of meaty character shit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and that's why McGee goes on and on about, about Kramer versus Kramer. Because he really enjoyed the fact that the plot is 
kind of revealed through character, or at least the, the stakes are revealed through the character, not necessarily through the plot. Um, and, and I think he's kind of right on that. Um, that being said, you know, like considering the other nominees, you know, I, I, it's, it's hard. And cause the other nominee we're going to talk about, um, which I didn't get a chance to rewatch cause I didn't get a chance to, but uh, and I haven't seen it since college was as apocalypse. Now, um, that one's different, right? I mean, that one, out of all those nominees, that one stands out like a sore thumb, right? Like, every other movie is, like, kind of simple, human, little drama. Yeah, I mean, like, all that, I I didn't get around to all that jazz, which I was kind of interested in. That's a Fosse, a Bob Fosse musical. Like, those are, you know, pretty big productions, but uh, I think kind of. Yeah, it's about somebody, like, making a musical. Um uh, and Fosse's like, you know, he's famous, like you know, Chicago and a bunch of others. Like he's, he's one of the most famous musical theater people to ever live. Like there was a whole fucking mini series called Fosse Verdon about mm-hmm. him. And, and like, he was played by Sam Rockwell, uh, really good little mini series. Uh, his best friend was Patty, uh, Chayefsky who wrote network who appears in that little like fictionalized miniseries is like his friend who uh, he's constantly going to like getaways with and getting drunk. And he's like writing network while Patty, uh, <laughs> while, uh, while Fosse is like yeah. making Chicago or whatever yeah. the fuck. That was, um, that was a Ryan Murphy thing. Wasn't it? That Fosse Verdon show. No, I think it was somebody else because it's a lot classier than Ryan. Okay. Murphy. All right. All right. Uh, <laughs> um, that's fair. Um, it's good. It's good. It's genuinely good. Um, I mean, Apocalypse Now is probably a better movie than Breaking Away. I'm not going to argue it's not. Um, But I I don't know. But if we're just saying... I'm not as in love with Apocalypse Now as other people are. Um, I I remember when I watched it in high school, I really... I liked it, but I didn't really understand the big deal about it because it was really long. Um, And then I watched it again in college, the redo... Um, and none well, of everybody hates the redo apprehensions. Uh, even people I've never seen the redo. Even people who like Apocalypse Now say the redo sucks. Well, and even he went back and recut the redo too. Like, yeah, there's like a different cut now where he cut out a little bit, but it's still longer than the original. Uh, um, so I watched Apocalypse Now again prior uh, for this. I had not seen it in years, uh, probably ten years, maybe you know something like that, maybe more. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I liked it when I first saw it. I still think it's fucking great. Like, it's good. That is a good-ass movie. It's, it's, it's maybe, like, at the time I first saw it, I thought it was my favorite Coppola movie. I think it still might be my favorite Coppola movie. Um, it's really unique and good. It's, it's insane. It feels unique to like almost any other movie I've seen. Obviously, its production is famously wild as fuck. Um, some of the things they managed to do in that movie are really uh, awesome and unique. Right, like getting um, Marlon Brando to show up at yeah, all. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Great, great I mean, everybody was on. Exactly. It is like one of those things that's like a catastrophe, but like everybody was fucked up making this movie and it and and it and it kind of works just because of the nature of what this movie is what it's supposed to be um 
I don't know, by pure chance, like it's one of those lightning in a bottle, one in a million chances kind of things. It really like shouldn't have happened as well as it did, in my opinion. But it did, and uh, I don't know. I, I think that it is like a, the best movie about Vietnam ever written. Um, it's an exceptional adaptation of the Joseph Conrad novel, uh, Heart of Darkness at the same time, which is not about Vietnam. It's about the Congo during the rubber trade. Um, yeah, it, it and, ends better, too, Yeah, than the book. I agree. Yeah. Milius, it, John Milius co-wrote that, too. Who, uh, my, my favorite story about John Milius, outside of him being a fucking lunatic, um, is uh, this is apparently the Coen brothers based uh, Walter from the Big Lebowski off of uh, John Milius. Um which that that tracks. tracks. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, so, like, yeah, and Apocalypse Now is such a, a feat, as Zach was saying. You know, like, I feel like, you know, in the later, in the mid-70s, and now we're in the later 70s, everyone is into, like, these kind of meaty, character-driven stuff. And a movie like Apocalypse Now, I'm not saying it's not character-driven, but it's not nearly the exploration of... A certain character it's more of an exploration of a certain philosophy and world really yeah um, i agree you know, with that like yes it's, it's, a, it's a lot more of a it, it's a let it's a lot harder of a story to tell you know it's a lot harder of a story to tell um and it's, and it's probably coppola's best film i mean i it's not my it's, favorite my you don't always, remember the movie is there are points where it's f- fucking funny like in a coen brothers way it, there are like like genuinely like Kilgore like comes Kilgore, up to that guy okay. yeah, who I, has like his pot lid like a pot lid over his guts and he's like any man who is putting holding his guts in with a pot lid can drink from my flask anytime and he just about starts to give it to him and some guy said there's a famous surfer over there and he's like what? and yeah. just pulls away <laughs> yeah. like the whole fucking that character is so absurd and genuinely I would say in like a proto Cohen way like that character I, I would... is ridiculous and Kilgore, very funny. Kilgore is very much like that and he's probably the thing is he's that's like, you know, what? 4% of the movie? Like it's it's it's, it's not a longer big chunk than I thought. Movie. It's like 20 25 minutes. Oh, they really has, spent several a couple days with Kilgore. Yeah. It has a lot of texture to it. There's a lot of things that have different asides and different things they can get into. It's very much uh, like a man on the road type film. Um, yeah. That, that vignettes. definitely, yeah, vignettes. vignettes. It was definitely embellished on from the novel because the novel was pretty straightforward. It's like, where is he? He's in there. We're traveling, we're traveling. I think there's one stop off, traveling, traveling. We found him. Yada, yada, yada. Um, yeah, I remember it being funny. I remember it like just being a huge epic scale. Like, it's such a so much larger of a movie than either of these movies. Yeah. Like it's crazy yeah. to compare them on that. And, and that doesn't necessarily make, that doesn't necessarily make apocalypse. Now the superior movie, I think um, I, I, no, there is are it movies that are much know, bigger right. scale that I would say are much worse than either Kramer right. versus Kramer. Or so like it's in, and it's not necessarily that I don't think, uh, you know, meaty character dramas, can't win out best picture in that too so this is where i'm kind of at a at a point here where i i kind of don't know because i think that kramer Uh, versus kramer got a lot of hype because i think a lot of people were dealing with divorce and it was a lot more of a prevalent thing 
and I think the culture kind of latched onto that. By the time Apocalypse Now comes out, I think people are kind of over Vietnam. You know, they're kind of tired of hearing about it. You know, so I I don't think it's not a movie that was meant for its time. It certainly lasted beyond its time for sure. Um, I mean, anybody, if you see that movie, you really never forget it. Like it, it really, you really only need to see it once, but you really will never leave you. Um, Kramer versus Kramer. And, and even in some respects breaking away, I feel like, you know, these movies are everywhere, you know, like, you know, marriage story. Like I said, that was just a little bit ago. Hell, we already did a bike racing movie. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I, I, I think I, I like marriage story better than Kramer versus Kramer. I should say I enjoyed, I did enjoy Kramer versus Kramer. I did not think Kramer versus Kramer was a bad movie. Uh, I thought, you know, like it was, I thought there were things that they did really well. Like, like I said, I thought the main through line of Dustin Hoffman's evolving relationship with this kid was genuinely mostly very strong. The, the court case, which started much later than I expected Mm -hmm. where like these sort of like shitty devious, like, like these things like lawyers using these, aspects of their relationship like like things like that uh and and it's it's kind of interesting because like both of them like are like mouthing to each other it's like it's okay blah 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 like oh i didn't know the lawyer was gonna do that which is one thing i mean partially it reflects upon this fucking herd depth thing that is such a fucking nightmare right now except like in that case there's much more like the actual people involved like the the plaintiff and defendant themselves are like much more directly involved in, in, in particular, in my opinion, one of them. Uh, It's, it's very much uh, like public spectacle that is different. Like this movie, it's not like they're secretly supportive of each other or whatever, but, um, but, uh, go ahead. Well, I was just wondering, I would just like to say the things that I have that give me pause about Kramer versus Kramer. So the one thing that has always bothered me is that um, Robert McKee always goes on about the French toast scene. I don't know who fucking Robert McKee is, guys. I don't know who this man is. He wrote a book called Story, and it's essentially one of these. uh, Brian Cox played him in Adaptation, the Nicolas Cage movie. Okay. You, you, so you remember the script doctor? That I remember that said, scene. I remember that, that scene. That is Robert McKee. That is what has made him famous. He uh, essentially had an entire career not based off making anything, but instead based off writing a book telling people how to structure a story. And he has all these descriptions and things like that. And it's, it's very much like a Sid Field or one of these other uh, writers mm-hmm. where they give you the basic function and form of a story. And it's all... Essentially, when you get back to the beginning of all that stuff, it's all the writer of A Thousand Faces, Joseph uh, uh, Campbell, uh, Joseph Campbell. Jo- doing Joseph Campbell. Joseph Campbell. Campbell. Joseph Campbell, mm. yeah. Yeah, so anyway, um, the, the thing that bothers me about Kramer versus Kramer, um, a few things, like uh, the fact that in that scene, they build it up like he's doing things that don't make sense as a human being. Like he puts eggs in the cup and rather than taking it out like a normal human being he's like don't you like your your uh french toast crunchy it's like what sort of a person has ever wanted crunchy french toast with eggshells in it (laughs) and like the kid starts crying and he gets built up and it's like 
the thing is, and this is the thing that really kind of has always bothered me with Kramer versus Kramer. Like, we have to assume that Dustin Hoffman has been at home at some point over the last five years or six years. He's got to know a little bit about this kid and how this thing sets up. But he's so I, I, fish I, out of just, water. Yeah, it's like Big Daddy. Mixed. He's so confused by this child. He doesn't know how to interact with this child. In all. the 19, I would say, uh, particularly like a guy who's like the only only working person in the house in the 1970s, like, it's not insane to me that you don't fucking know anything at all about making French toast except like there's eggs or something like actually that doesn't seem that insane to me for a person in that time who is the only working member of a household who like does fuck all to prepare meals like honestly sure I could see it I could see people like that now like who just put shit in the microwave and like if you ask them to make french toast they'd be like fuck uh i don't know like (laughs) and and i'd say you know it's it's another thing like obviously like it's a paired scene right it's it's him making french toast at the beginning and again they do it together like efficiently and it like shows his growth is that revelatory no does it work yeah and like that's the same thing i'd say about almost everything in breaking away Hmm. Well, I think the other thing is, is that he, he approaches it with such confusion, like such a, like, he approaches just being a dad in general with like such sort of confusion over how to organize a schedule. And they spend a lot of time on that. And I get that it was probably hard, but like this movie to me feels like it stood out more because it's an issue movie, not because it's a particularly good film. Hmm. Like to me, it jumped out more like, I'll just say it. Crash. Crash was Mm. about racism. Okay. This movie was about divorce. It was about like, Mm. we're having divorces. It was still um, in the 1970s. It's 79. It was still sort of taboo. But I remember watching this with my mom and it was really uncomfortable because I was like, did you and daddy ever get divorced? She's like, no, we just never got married. And it was like, oh, is there something worse than being divorced? Well, being a bastard's kind of part of that. And then that turned into a whole conversation, and I realized, like, oh, so there's all these <laughs> these weird rules about how families are put together. Um, but, like, this movie also, it, like, the lawyer scene has always bothered me because they're super unprofessional lawyers. <laughs> like, the, and the... And there's a weirdness with how the judge interacts on, on, on a number of these questions. Like, someone's like, have you screwed up the most important relationship in your life? And someone's like, I object to that, which I think is a valid objection. It. I'll allow it. This is pertinent to her, her mothering. And then she's like, yes, I, I did. I was terrible. I was a bad mother-wife. And then, you know, the, the, all of the interactions hit me is so weird like that. I mean, it's very common that, like, no one knew how to write lawyers properly at the time. But it's I, still weird. I think that those are all f- very valid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But- I'm gonna go with this and say like I have the same problem like in terms of breaking away A how fucking annoying this kid is about being Italian is like over the top insane to me and B this whole horse shit where he's like an Italian exchange student with this woman for uh, 50-60% of the runtime is is as fucking absurd as any of that like it's I had a friend who, who pretended to be a Scottish exchange student for like a good week 
and and he nearly pulled it off. They he only met them for like a week or whatever, but he the whole the whole weekend everyone thought he was from Scotland. Um, so I mean it's that's why I kind of I I gotta give it a little bit of a pass. It's just kind of young kids being fuckos, you know. So mm-hmm. like I in a way I kind of get it, but I mean yeah it'd be annoying, but I I I don't feel like. I, I don't feel like uh, Dennis Christopher, I think the actor's name is, his, um, it's not about his inability to connect with other people. He just wants to live in this world. He's just going to live in this fantasy, and he doesn't care who he has to drag around with him. Um, now, I kind of agree that there's nothing really relevatory about that other than the whole uh, kind of getting trashed. You know, they throw the spiked turtle shell at him uh, during the race the Italians do or whatever. Um, so I... Uh, at least there's a consequence to that with, with at least with Kramer versus Kramer though, with the French toast scene as, as McGee uh, brings up, you see the evolution of that. Right. And it's not really talked about as an evolution. He doesn't say, wow, I'm really learning how to be a father here. It just kind of happens naturally. And that's how the movie, like you're kind of surprised how that movie messes with time. Right. Like you're 20 minutes in the movie and it's like, she's been gone for eight months. The fuck. Yeah. Um, you mm-hmm. know, like it, it's really kind of messy that way. So it, when they said it, 15 months, I was like, fucking what? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's just like, you haven't seen her for eight months. What the fuck? Um, I, I, I thought so that the movie doesn't for being such a simple, the movie doesn't really hold your hand through it. It kind of just, you're, you're, you're right by Dustin Hoffman, pretty much the whole movie. So that's the yeah. perspective you're going to go with. That's true. But at the same time, it's not necessarily, I don't want to say it's necessarily like siding with Dustin Hoffman, but it inevitably does because that's the person you're following most of the time. He's the central um, character, yeah. clearly. So that, and again, that's kind like of in Marriage Story, it's, they're both the main yeah, character, much and, and, more and, so. And, and, and like Marriage Story too, like the, the, they don't really get to the core of the central conflict. Like Marriage Story has that big climactic drag out between the two of them. And it hints at a lot of stuff, but it never says anything explicitly because that's real relationships, really. I mean, like, it's not one thing. It's usually a totality of things. And and this movie kind of tries to do that with the with the lawyering scene. And so I'm kind of with you, Borf, where I, I do feel like, you know, like the, the lawyering scenes at the end did seem... I mean, I don't know if that was supposed to show that, like, were it not for divorce proceedings, maybe people wouldn't hate each other during divorce. I don't know. Um, but I, 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 I kind of also am with Zach here that I don't think the points in breaking away were that much better. Um, let me put it this way real quick, right? Like, I think that there are, there are better versions of Kramer versus Kramer. Now marriage story is probably the most easily recognizable one recency bias, but yeah. And there are better versions of breaking away of like the sports movie, like, both before and after there are better versions mm-hmm. and the coming of age movie, there are better versions both before and after. And I'd say there's uh, better versions that marry the two, you know, that like have the two, yeah. like Friday Night Lights in my opinion, like I think it's, sure. it's, yeah, it yeah, shows yeah, that yeah. kind of small town trapped concept that all these kids feel, but yet you have this, the most important thing in your life is this fucking bike race, you know? And, For sure. And and Friday Night Lights, I think, or you can even go to Varsity Blues if you'd like, um, but I, I sort of We'll go Friday Night Lights. So yeah, I agree. But here's the here's the here's the dirty little secret. Ain't no better version of Apocalypse Now. <laughs> it's still Apocalypse Now is still singular. Yeah. Um, yeah. Understood. Even uh, 
even even you know the the closest comparison you can come up with is probably Full Metal Jacket, right? Like that's the probably the closest. And it's very thing. different. And yeah. it's, they're different movies because they're telling different stories, basically. You know, Full Metal Jacket's about the, you know, crossing that line, whereas Apocalypse Now is dealing with a lot more, you know, heady stuff. Um, you know, saying a lot without saying a lot. Coppola's, you know. Um, and he shot the fuck out of it. You know, you got to give him that. He, he it's shot beautiful. the hell out it of it. It looks um, great. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and that's the only that's the only Oscar it won, too, was the um, his his cinematographer, which yeah. wasn't well, Gordon I mean, Willis. I always thought it was Gordon Willis, but it wasn't. Um, who was the cinematographer on it? Was it uh, uh, Vittorio? Oh, Victoria Storaro? That's I think that's him. Yeah, he won the yeah. Oscar for it too. And Merch won. Let's never forget Walter Merch. Once again, he he shows up again. Um, I mean, you guys talked me into it. I think that uh, Apocalypse Now should have won over Kramer versus Kramer. I just didn't pick that movie. I picked the other movie. I picked Breaking Away. And on my dice roll was literally Apocalypse Now being Kramer versus Kramer. One of my one of my six options was was this. And 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 when you said uh, last episode, like. You know, in 1979, I was like, oh, he's going with Apocalypse Now. And then you said, breaking away. I was like, what the fuck? I, I, uh, no, and I, I, will, I, get, I think I, I understand why you picked the, uh, the unusual pick. I uh, often dig a little deeper into the yeah, odd ones. But yeah, I'll say, because you, you, had, you had an opportunity at bat with this movie, sir, and you chose yeah, yeah. Cool Runnings, okay? You know, so you have no one to blame but yourself. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say... Neither of you, neither of you guys watched Apocalypse Now, so so uh, if the show goes on, uh, uh, I'm gonna keep that in my in my sleeve. I think that's that's not an entirely burned bridge because if you guys haven't seen it since college, that's a long fucking time. Yeah, I mean, and I'm probably I am overdue. And one of these days, I'm gonna. I I always threatened uh, Sarah, my wife, to to watch it because she's at least seen 2001. You know, so I figured if she can get through that, she could probably uh, get through Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, it's, Apocalypse it's, now it's, has it's, interesting it's, stuff. It's it's good. It's just that it's long. It's just so long. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And kind of, kind of boring. Um. Yeah. That was that was my takeaway. Well, the last uh, time you saw it was the redo. Yeah. That's, oh yeah. That boy Which howdy. Is, that, apparently, that, it, like has an hour long scene at a French plantation. It's like twenty minutes. Fucking god awful. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it's it's, yeah, it's long. There's a lot. Yeah. Oh god. Somebody, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I'm going to be I'm going to be the apologist and say like, man, I watched this movie again first time in 10, 12, 13, 14 years. And I was like, I loved I really enjoyed it. Still. Have you ever seen I the, still the making of really, documentary? I have indeed. Yeah. yeah, okay. I've never yeah, seen the redo, the redux okay. or redo wherever you want to say it. I've never but, seen but that the, shit. Yeah. I don't intend to see that. Sure. Um I'd probably be But I have seen see I have seen Heart of Dark Art of Darkness. Yeah. I'd be down to yeah, see the regular like Hard- length version. The the long one, I've seen redo once. It felt very much like someone took all the deleted scenes on a DVD and just cut them back into the movie. I've heard it's awful. I have no interest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and because, I mean, you know, once once Coppola had to put his own money into it, because it was such a runaway production, um, he, uh, you know, he, he knew he had to have some semblance of commercial success. So and, and- he knew he couldn't have this, you know, did you know tome of of movie that Hearts of Darkness, the documentary about the making of, which is a great documentary and yeah. much shorter than the film itself. I think yes. it's about ninety minutes. Um, yes. uh, was directed by the 
departed uh, the late brother of Colorado Senator John Hickenlooper. I did wow. not know that. That is, yeah. that's wild. That's crazy. Uh, he's passed cause... away since making it, but yeah, okay. I believe his but brother that, made that documentary. I always, that's one of like the definitive, one of the definitive like movie making documentaries. I, I'll tell yeah. people if they want to get well, into this business. Watch to that be movie. fair, like the original, the original, uh, a lot of the original footage was filmed by Coppola's wife because mm. obviously it's from the actual production, but the person who put together the documentary and made the additional footage later on was, was, uh, Hickenlooper's brother. Yeah, uh, definitely. I, I, re- I recommend the documentary, even if you haven't seen the movie. I think that, like, again, it's it's a really tale. It's a it's a blood curdling tale of making movies. Because yeah, For uh, sure. yeah, uh, insane, insane, yeah. insane. Um, um, well, how but, do we want to? Yeah, it, do I we want to do like guess... final thoughts on Breaking Away, and then and then and then go into who we thought yeah, should have won? So. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, yeah, we can do that. Okay, well, I guess I'll go into my final thoughts since this was my uh, insane theme. Thank you guys for uh, being sports about it because this was definitely there was a lot. No, of, I actually lot enjoyed. Uh, I was um, a little more homework, but I, I really enjoyed, uh, uh, you know, yeah. uh, watching some of these extra movies and 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 by the for the most part they were all quite uh, good movies. Sure, like I enjoyed all to nearly all of them. Mm-hmm. The English Patient was probably the hardest slog. Yeah, uh, probably yeah. true. Yeah, that movie. Yeah. Anyway, um, I think yeah. The less I say about Fargo, the better. I think. Um, <laughs> I I think that. Um, so for Breaking Away, um, it's a solid script. You know, it's a really good story where the characters are not. I mean, it's it's they're real people, you know, and it kind of tries to shine onto that. But because a lot of the main characters' hangups are stuff that you don't really deal with, it kind of feels just more melodrama-y to me. Um, and I'm, it, it seems like we could have had a little bit more interactions and conflicts in between the two. Like, they feel like they kept touching at that. Like, everybody's kind of bristling at Mike, kind of, like, saying, you know, uh, you guys are fucking losers. I, I only hang out with you because, like, anyway. And it, none of that ever gets resolved. Like, and it's all resolved through the bike race, right? It's all kind of comes together in the bike race. So, in a way, I kind of admire that, you know, but also, in a way, it is kind of, like, an easy way to throw in a climax. Um so interesting movie, you know. Like I said, I I, I I was impressed with with a young Daniel Stern and and even Dennis Quaid and and it, you know it's generally a, it's an earnest movie which you like, you know. And even at the end of the climax, I was kind of like, ah, oh, Dad's like he's sitting there, he doesn't want to be a bad luck. Then he's listening on the radio. He says, you know what, hell with this, I'm going. You know, that was a nice moment. I thought that that was a nice payoff for. But the problem is none of the main characters themselves grow. It's the dad who shows the most character growth. And even that, he reverts right back into, bonjour, what? Anyway, um, in contrast to Kramer versus Kramer, I I think that Kramer versus Kramer is more of its time than than it should be, I think. I think that's why it... I think both these movies are kind of about that. They're kind of like, you know... The 70s are kind of winding down. We're getting into the 80s and everybody's kind of, you know, there's like a, you know, economics aren't really all that great. So there's a lot of 
reflection I think that the audience maybe felt with these two movies at the time. Um, so I think that Breaking Away is a, it's a good movie. It's a good sports movie. Um, I just don't know if I would put it best picture, but I can't say I would say the same thing about Kramer versus Kramer too. So. Uh, I guess, yeah, Zach, why don't you give your final thoughts and then we'll have Chris make his final plea. Okay. Uh, yeah, so uh, Breaking Away, uh, it's an enjoyable movie. Um, I don't think it's going to like stick with me for a, a, a particularly long period of time. Like, it does what it sets out to do okay. I'm actually was earlier somebody mentioned that it was apparently two scripts that were kind of like meshed together. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense, actually. Like, I didn't know that at the time I saw it. I didn't know that until you said it. Uh, it does feel like there's two tones, two stories, two things going on. Uh, I like the coming of age thing more. I like the dad's like the relationship with the father and the son is like, in my opinion, the much stronger aspect of the story, all the shit with the girlfriend, the friends are okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the dad stuff is pretty strong. Like the legacy of like, whatever you were, uh, you, you built this town and the town has outgrown you. Like that's the stuff that's more interesting. And then there's also like, whatever the kids fucking obsessed with Italians or whatever. I don't give a shit. (laughs) Um, Yeah. uh, Like it's, it's, it's okay. Um, If, if, if we're just jumping in with what we think of the other nominees for this year, because Russell kind of did during our final thoughts. No, actually I'm going to save it because this is going to be where we award Chris bonus points are done. Okay. There we go. So, All right, Chris. So why don't you why don't you give us your final thoughts on Breaking Away and make your your closing argument, so to speak? Well, the reason that I've always remembered this film is that I believe it might actually be one of the first sports films that I ever saw as a kid. It legitimately, it would have been a better pick for the sports theme, but I went with uh, I a choice. I went with a choice that was suggested to me, um, but. Do I think that it is better than Apocalypse Now? No. Do I think it's better than the other ones? No. However, um, for me, it is always married to the time. Uh, It's something that when I watch this movie, I feel very warm about it myself. Uh, I think that it did get into some of the cultural issues at the time. Um, Not particularly in a deeper fashion than Kramer versus Kramer. But to me, for whatever reason, Kramer versus Kramer felt more... Uh, not sentimental but it felt like it had a degree of melodrama there and a lot of stuff that was brought to the film by the audience so like someone going through a divorce would come and see that film and it would resonate with them more I think watching it now um, I don't know if I had as deep a response to it and uh, the only other thing I'd like to say is that I like Peter Yates's uh, directing. I like him in general as a director. He did Bullet, and that one had some really incredible editing sequences in it. He also made one that I don't think anybody else likes, but I have always liked because I'm a goofy child of the 80s, uh, Crawl. He directed yeah. Crawl like two <laughs> years later. So if you can imagine someone going from this heartfelt, small Indiana story to suddenly directing Crawl, it might mm-hmm. be an interesting uh, way to interesting. look at how that guy's 
commercial career went topsy-turvy wild after this for a little bit and then i think he eventually just started doing tv and he was probably a little bit having an easier time of it at that point sure shorter days you know not yeah. away from home as much yeah um, uh actually let me double check something um is peter yates related to david yates I don't Who? know. I don't think so. Sure. I think David Yates okay. is, is English. Is David Yates a nepotism baby? That's my question. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't think he is. Yeah. I feel like he's not. Yeah, I, I don't think so because I think. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, I'm I, looking I, it up. I, I don't. I, I, I don't see anything about David Yates on here. Yeah, nope. Seems unrelated. Just checking. okay. So boring. Uh, now it's time to, to yeah. for us to each well, in turn say shit, <laughs> whether this is disqualified. <laughs> oh man i mean do you want me to go first yeah you go first because i <laughs> i think i know what you're uh, gonna say and... not only do i like apocalypse ba- now better than this i liked kramer versus kramer better than breaking away i'm sorry <laughs> uh no this should not have won best picture that year i probably there's a good chance i would have liked all that jazz better but i didn't watch it <laughs> uh I, I have to be honest with myself more. I, I, I got to go with Zach on this one. You know, like I, it's not like I loved Kramer versus Kramer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I hadn't even heard of breaking away. So if I'm being consistent with my metric that I've done for the past two episodes, which mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, cultural relevance and longevity, I don't think there's much in breaking away. And there's still some things of Kramer people. McGee spent, a good mm-hmm. chunk of his book about Kramer versus Kramer. I don't think too many people are talking or remember breaking away because I had never even heard of it until you mentioned it. So <laughs> I'm afraid I got to go with Zach on this one, buddy. I'm sorry. I, I, okay. I think I think Kramer That's versus okay. Kramer was a better movie. The I probably uh, had right, warm, uh, rosy colored glasses thinking about this film in my past. So that uh, was probably what I brought to it. Oh, oh. I completely understand. Oh, of why course, that happens all the time. Charmed and romantic. Yeah, yeah that I is totally pretty get. valid. I, I think it. I, I would hope that over the course of the show, each of us brings a film that is derided by our co-hosts because we <laughs> like it too much. Because we, yeah, like that. That is a, That is not a failing of a person. That is actually an asset. Like if you don't have a movie that you love and everybody else is like that movie fucking sucks, <laughs> then you're you don't have any personality. That, like, I, you I gotta, and I, and breaking away doesn't suck. Yeah, we should that's say true. That. Yeah, it, it it was a good movie. I just yeah. I mean even, I mean even if I don't factor in Apocalypse now, I think I'd still probably give it to Kramer versus Kramer. I mean, yeah, I mean say so. what you will about say what you will about Dustin Hoffman. This was at best they third. Are, they are on fire yeah. in that movie. I mean, both of them are on. It's you know, true. Just and it's also Indiana isn't exactly the most inspiring location. There's a reason that. Um, <laughs> Uh, the 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 movie with all the kids that's on Netflix that everyone likes mm. with the Stranger Things Stranger Things the mm-hmm. movie on Netflix that all the kids like Stranger Things mm. there's a reason that it's set in Indiana but they had to include a lot of shit that has nothing to do with Indiana it's like spooky right. monsters from yeah. outer space or uh, wherever you got, you got uh, Stranger Things you got Parks and Recreation that's Indiana they involve so comedy that doesn't happen in Indiana <laughs> it's, it's, it's too funny. No, no. <laughs> Um, okay, well, unfortunately, Breaking Away is disqualified. Uh, to clarify, 
we have discussed what would happen in the case of a DQ. This is our this first is DQ on the show. Mm-hmm. We are going to vote with our allocated points as if the disqualified movie wasn't disqualified. Uh, if it gets the top spot, the one with the second most votes becomes the winner. That is essentially how we're going to play this. Yeah. Uh, so we're we're going to vote like we normally would, but if breaking away wins, then it goes to the second place. So, uh, so okay. before we get into that, let's talk about our points. Uh, Boref, you stuck around with twelve. Uh, I, we didn't give out any bonus points this episode. Well done, everybody. Um, <laughs> so you know what, Borf? I'm going to give you a bonus point no, just no, no. because I'm going to give you, you a bonus. No, point. no, don't, no, no, no uh, pity you, bonus. You don't points. want my charity, huh? No, All right. no, no, no crying in uh, baseball. <laughs> okay, you got it, you got it, you got it. Or in Italian bicycle racing. Okay, um, so Borf, you have 12 points. I have 14 points for final voting, and Zach, you have 14 points for final voting as well. Um, okay, so uh, I guess with that in mind. Let's get to the voting. Okay, goodness. All right. All right, Bora, for Fargo, what do you got? I'm giving Fargo a five because okay. I think it should have nice won. Wood I agree. <laughs> yep. Nice wood, wood chipper for our audio listeners. There you go. Yep. Uh, I gave Fargo a seven. I gave Fargo a six. Okay. Uh, 18 points for Fargo. So. Pretty good. There will be blood. Yeah, five, seven, and six. Okay, so, Boref, what do you got for There Will Be Blood? I gave There Will Be Blood a four and did about as good as I could of some drinking a milkshake. (laughs) With a long straw. Well done. Okay. Uh, I gave There Will Be Blood a six. I also gave There Will Be Blood a six. Okay. So that's 14. So Fargo to beat. No, uh, 18. We are tied. Oh, is it tied? Yeah, we are tied. Six, six, and four. Uh, oh, nope, nope. Six, points. six, and so, four is not 18, yeah, nope, uh, nope, I believe. Nope. That is I went to 16, school, if I'm not mistaken. School. Okay. Yeah, um, so. yeah. 16. To, so Fargo uh, looks to be the one to beat with 18. So, Borif, what have you got for breaking away? I went ahead and gave breaking away a three because okay. I, I liked it okay when I watched it again. I, I gave it a one, mainly out of math, cause, but I just thought the other two movies were just that much better. Yeah, I gave it a two. I gave the other two an equal score. I think they're both pretty much masterpieces, yeah. and Breaking Away is fine. Uh, <laughs> but I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go with the other two. Right, yeah, I, and that's why I, I kind of gave Fargo a little bit of the edge, just because obviously, if you saw the episode, I'm nothing but a fanboy, so. Uh, had to be true to myself, I guess. Damn, so, I should have I should have uh, given There Will Be Blood and Edge, and then we would have had a, a tiebreaker tie situation. Borf would have had to be in the hot seat. Okay. Borf picked Fargo because he gave him more points. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> so, and that makes sense. You know what? Here's, here's, here's the great thing about this. Fargo won. A, Fargo was the only one of the three we all agreed should have won Best Picture. Two, uh, once again, the Coens beat Paul, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. <laughs> So there you go. There we it go. Happens. Alrighty, happens. so I guess the onus is on me once again to pick a theme. I've never done back-to-back. Okay, this is interesting. Okay, so uh, I'm going to do something that's... Uh, we, we've been watching a lot of quality movies around here, and I think it's time to change that. Um, so this question was posed on Twitter, and I kind of, kind of tipped my hand on this question. So the theme that we are going to do, gentlemen, 
we are going to do movies where the soundtrack is better than the movie. And the movie we are watching is Judgment Night with Dennis Leary. (laughs) What the fuck? Soundtrack soundtrack kicks ass, but the movie, not very good. So that's, that's, that's the theme. Movies right. where the soundtrack <laughs> is better than the movie. All right. Judgment Night. That, yeah. Uh, Sorry, oh, that yeah. has a mix em up, right? It's like uh, they paired people yep. on that. It's a pairing soundtrack. You bet. Okay. Yep. It's they, right they, before that. That. Yeah. Right before, before rock was rap was like a big thing. Yeah. They tried this with. Yeah, uh, so you they had tried faith. this with the movie Spawn as well. It didn't go so well for Spawn. Yeah. I think it went better Not for as Judgment well. Night. Yeah. Yeah. That because yeah, you've got you know like Sonic Youth, with Cypress Hill, Cypress Hill with Pearl Jam. Faith No More with the Booyah Tribe. It's awesome. Slayer with Ice-T. Great. It's just great. Great. Movie, on the oh, other okay. hand. Movie, on the other hand. Uh, not so, so much. This is this is going to be... Uh, 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 not the score, the soundtrack specifically. Yes. Well, or, I'll take the score. If you if you think the score is better than the movie, I'll take that too. Um, okay. But yeah, I, you, typically I, I think this will be fun. Um you know, I know Zach's a fan of musicals, so I'm curious if he picks a musical where he thinks the music is actually better than the movie. Um, well, it's it's a it, challenge because there's, yeah. there's also like the musicals are too tight. Like musicals, you know, it's too it's too tied in. Like yeah, right. It's not the same. Yeah, that's true. Like Quentin, be, uh, it'd be it'd be interesting. But, you know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, Tarantino. I mean, you know. Anyway, um, you know, hell, Apocalypse Now. I will say this: Apocalypse Now had the superior soundtrack. Edgar, to both, Edgar, uh, Edgar Kramer Edgar Wright's mm-hmm. made a couple movies where I think ultimately the score has held up. Okay. The soundtrack has held up better than the movie. All right. So that's what we're doing next time, kids. Uh, we'll be watching Judgment Night uh, from the 90s. Oh, boy. Right. Uh, so, yeah, this is going to be – I felt that uh, we went too hot, too top too top shelf this time. Let's, uh, let's dumb it down a shade. Um, so – with that being said, uh, thank you guys for joining us, and um, this has been a lot of fun. I had an uh, idea. Okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> tune in for Zach's great idea. So, yeah, tune in next time where we're going to watch Judgment Night. And, um, you know, uh, if you want uh, homework, listen to that soundtrack because the soundtrack rules. Um, so with that in mind, thank you all for joining us. Find us everywhere, YouTube, Stitcher, wherever we are. You know, please like, subscribe, share, tell your friends. We're nice people. You can go ahead and talk to us if you have. If you think that we are way off base about uh, any of our <laughs> second chance movies, feel free to let us know. Um, with that being said, I have been Russell Carlson, and I have been joined by Chris Borth. Uh, my real name's Dave Stoller. I'm not Italian. <laughs> I've also been joined by Zach Powers. Uh, I haven't seen an Italian in 15 months. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. And as we always say here on the movie trap, Diane Ladd is too young to play Chevy Chase's mom. Thanks for watching. It's a movie trap promise, yeah. Raymond. You know them college boys ain't so smart? I sold one of my worst cars to one of them today. They ain't too smart. I think it's a good thing that Dave never... What is this? It's, um, sautéed zucchini. It's ID food. I don't want no ID food. It's not. Uh, I got it at the A&P. It's like, uh, squash. I know ID food when I hear it. It's all them eeny foods. Zucchini and linguine and fettuccine. 
I want some American food, damn it. I want French fries.